it doesn't matter how much you make. You need to be having this conversation and understanding how your side hustle, how you being a creative directly impacts your pocket. Because it does. But we don't have conversations about how to manipulate or use the tax code use for the our rules. own benefit. How you know, it, it's like, this is something that now. we have already decided is only available to wealthy people and right. corporations. It's like, <laughs> you don't know what's available to you when you get with a credible, right, credible tax professional right, right. like Leva, like right. other folks in the community. Between May 2020 and December 2021, I have secured $8,121,009.35 in legitimate funding for Black and minority-owned businesses. My name is Taliba Bales, and I'm the host of the Black and Bankable podcast. Effective immediately, I am coming for more for the community. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Black and Bankable CEO Conversations. If you have missed any of these conversations before this one, I need you to run it back and go back to the, whether you're on Apple, Google, YouTube, I need you to go back and check out some of these prior conversations because this one today I know is going to be as equally hot or even hotter when it comes to the important conversations that this particular show is set to accomplish. And that is unlocking access to information in a way that is customized to your Black business. And I just know that in the conversation we're going to have today, the gems that we're going to drop for you, by the time you finish this episode, it could be something that we unlock or unblock or whatever for you, and you'll be able to push aside and, and move something forward. So if you need to get pen and paper, get pen and paper, because I'm telling you, Carmen, I know it's coming with the fire when it comes to what the heck it means to be black and bankable. We're going to dive a little bit deeper into side hustles, all of the above. And as with anything, you can always put your questions in the comment section. I'll make sure that I give you contact information for Carmen so that you can follow up directly with her on anything that she has mentioned. Are you ready? Are you ready, ready, ready? I'm ready. So, <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Keeping your books in order alone is hard enough. Never mind running a business. If you are currently doing your own bookkeeping, you know working with numbers doesn't necessarily mean that you understand them. Not being able to see the big picture on top of having to do everything yourself can feel like you're running in place. Don't let your business fail because you can't keep track of your financials or don't have the time. The Bankable CEO Bookkeeping DIY membership gives you the tools you need to get real solutions and real visibility into your finances with guidance from QuickBooks Certified Professionals. Sign up now. Text DIY to 855-912-1020. That's DIY to 855-912-1020. So today we have Carmen Mays. She is the founder of Elevators on 4th, which is obviously you can see a black-owned, woman-owned business here in Birmingham, Alabama that works 
with businesses and works with gig workers. And she has extensive experience in being culturally aware of the obstacles that Black businesses have, not just in Birmingham, but we just happen to both be based in Birmingham. And so we're going to hop right into it. So Carmen and I have had several plenty of conversations about this. And that's why I'm just so hyped because I know I know we're going to get to it. But I want to make sure that we consistently go over the same things as the other conversations. So Carmen, can you share with us your opinion on the role that Black entrepreneurship plays in marginalized communities? Absolutely. Uh, thank you again for having me. But, you know, one of the principal points that I bring up about Black business ownership and the cultivation of Black businesses is that, you know, we get to create workplaces where Black people aren't discriminated <laughs> in. Yeah. And, you know, while it is a worthy fight in large organizations to make sure that any people who are marginalized are treated well and fairly and paid equitably, you know, you can also just support Black businesses. <laughs> and we can create the spaces where we are most valued and paid properly and things of that nature. So, you know, Black businesses really can create the, the workforce mm -hmm. opportunities that we're looking for out of other larger companies. So that's one, you know, one big reason for me. Another thing is just access and visibility. Mm -hmm. So to see a Black business owner, you know, thrive and compete does instill a sort of pride. It does allow your mind to wonder about your own possibilities and what you can achieve. So it's very important that Black businesses not only exist, but are visible. Mm -hmm. uh, but we know that, you know, for some reason, some folks are Black-owned businesses and they don't want to tell nobody. Uh, but for those that do, that, you know, they are visible and that, you know, they have equitable participation in the market so they can do the, the giving back Mm -hmm. uh, that only they know how to do. I mean, how many times have we seen larger corporations struggle with connecting with our communities? Yeah. They get it wrong so many times in advertisements. And it's just always this backtracking and apologizing. And it's like, well, if you just would have worked with Black people from the beginning, we wouldn't have this issue. So I, I think like, I, mean, I can go on and on about the positives of having Black businesses in Black communities. But, you know, for me, definitely starting my Black business it was definitely so I could create the work environment mm -hmm. that I desperately wanted and needed when I was working in other places that were mm -hmm. not black owned or black operated um, businesses and organizations. Absolutely. So let's dive a little bit deeper into, we know that it's important. We know the positive role that our businesses play when it comes to demonstrating our cultural, demonstrating our ability, demonstrating a legacy, you know, for those who, who are aspiring to do greater and aspiring to do, go into entrepreneurship. What are some of the obstacles? You know, one of the things you just said is like, sometimes we don't want people to know, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, that we're Black owned, but that reminded me of, of some of the obstacles that mm -hmm. we know play a role in our Black businesses. In your experience as a Black business and in working with, with other uh, individuals who are, who are aspiring to be business owners, what are some of the obstacles that you see and how do you think that, you know, that missions like this and even missions that you're aware of can effectively not only just diagnose those obstacles spot on, and, but help? you know, help resolve those obstacles? 
Um, one big obstacle is subcontractor culture. That's what I call it. This this idea and mindset that Black-owned businesses cannot be prime contractors, cannot mm. be in direct relationship with local governments or corporations mm. or, you know, joint ventures even with other larger predominant culture organizations to go after work. This consistent idea that, you know, we're just all down here just waiting on our subcontracts. Yeah. (laughs) And having to fight each other for these subcontracts. Uh, That is very detrimental. Obviously it is, it's racist, right? So it, Mm -hmm. it does perpetuate the idea that Black businesses are inferior or less capable solely because they're Black businesses, not because of the structural racism that has blocked opportunities for us to grow. But it also messes with our money, right? So, you know, unless you with the federal contract where you have a program officer who is enforcing the prompt payment clause, you don't know when you're going to get paid. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, you're waiting for your money to pass through at least Mm -hmm. one other entity uh, before you can get your check cut. And that really drives a lot of small businesses, Black businesses, out of business. Because mm-hmm. we don't have that cash flow apparatus to where we can float, you know, float our businesses until we get our money. Mm-hmm. Or when people just refuse to pay you outright and you don't have the funding or the wherewithal mm-hmm. to hire an attorney to go after people. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, <laughs> so to get much, paid. <laughs> just to get paid. I mean, yeah. there's so much. And then there's like, there are startups that are basically who are by your essentially by your contract. So if mm-hmm. you're a small business and you need your cash, you can't wait for a local state or federal government, or I think they're only doing government-backed contracts. If you can't wait, you mm-hmm. can essentially sell your contract mm-hmm. to these mm-hmm. folks. They will give you the cash, but it's at a discount. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. then as soon as you get paid, you have to give them all of the money mm-hmm. when they may have only give you 85% mm-hmm. of the value of your contract. Mm-hmm. There are all these things that are coming up because of these bottlenecks in payment. Mm-hmm. And that is one of the things that really, really, really puts Black business in a precarious position is, you know, subcontractor culture and payments and making sure right. that folks are paid on time and making sure that, you know, government entities have processes that are more seamless mm-hmm. uh, so you can pay faster. You know, other issues, banking. So... Mm-hmm. You know, we had to work to make sure that a national brand bank didn't close in in North Birmingham because they would have been without a bank. You know, it's like people don't see banks. And I know that may sound strange, Mm -hmm. but, you know, people can drive all through their neighborhoods and out of their neighborhoods and never not once see a bank. And that's problematic because you Mm -hmm. don't have people engaging with banks. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't have people understanding how banks work. Mm-hmm. What kind of features banks have, um, even to compare and contrast to other banks. Mm-hmm. And then if you bring in our digital divide mm-hmm. of not having access to high speed Internet and or not having device literacy. Right. Mm-hmm. How to work device wow. on social media. <laughs> yeah. Like you can't even get in with online banking. Right. You don't yeah. know the yeah. download the app and how to, you know, ex- access some of the online banks and, and tools and resources. So, I mean. There's just such a deprivation of information in a lot of spaces and communities and not enough people talking with authority and Mm -hmm. actual Mm know-how. We're getting drowned out by like YouTube University and Instagram institutes um, (laughs) where people are telling folks all kind of erroneous information. Yeah. 
And because they want to believe mm-hmm. something, they want to believe in something that's going to improve their condition mm-hmm. or, you know, they're just desperate for information. You know, they can take it and they have no idea how to vet whether or not the information is true. You know what? And and so that's a really good point. I want to put a pin in and dive into there's this information overload, mm-hmm. you know you've named several key obstacles that probably all business owners face, but it's specifically marginalized communities, black minority owned businesses we face, but there really and truly is on top of those obstacles. Like, well, who do I believe? You know what I'm saying? Like, well, what, you know, what Google search, you know what I'm saying? Gets me to where I need to go. You know what I mean? And so you have also, when it comes to us service providers, you know, Mm -hmm. people who actually provide the service and do this as our regular job in our businesses, you know, we find ourselves having to rise above that noise. Another thing I want to point out in what you said about banking, I really want to, I really want to dive into that and the digital divide. Mm -hmm. You also and I want to make sure people get that gem that you said when you talked about there are businesses that will, in essence, you could sell a contract to like that you can actually, you know, get that float in. Say you get a contract, you know that whoever, whether it be the city, state, federal government, there's a lag. That's just the way it works. I used to work mm-hmm. for the federal government. It's We would love for it to be like a uh, cash out immediately, which I hear not is immediately anymore. But still, you know, it's not like that. But I don't want people to think that you have no options or if that is your option. You just need to go into it with a strategy knowing that, hey, well, if I'm if I'm going to have to pay this company back 100 percent and they gave me 85 percent, you need to go in and still with a strategy because you still got to get the work done. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And so even though we find ourselves in a in a horrible or not not as uh, leverageable position when it comes to the digital divide, when it comes to not having that cushion. There is absolutely, Carmen has given you, you know, an option if you didn't know, because a lot of people don't even know, oh, there's an option, you know, where I can find a company that will, you know, in essence, it's contract financing or purchase order financing. You know, yes, it is. But I do recommend you go into it and talk to somebody that's going to give you a strategy so you're not, you know what I mean, even further behind than you were uh, initially. And then when it comes to the banking, one of the things that you said that 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 sort of triggered this thought too was, you know, let's talk about those business owners or those individuals who may have gotten into some kind of, you know, real life situation where their mm-hmm. bank was overdrawn. Let's talk about like, what has been your experience on, on how we push past that? Like if you, if you've had an account in the past, life happened, it's overdrawn. And then not, and then like now you're kind of out on the sidelines because you're afraid to get a bank account. What do you think about that? What's been your experience? Well, I just want people to know that white people overdraft their bank accounts too. Like, <laughs> I, I do because people, people like to paint a picture that, you know, it's just us, right. here, you know, messing up. And it's just, you know, it's, it's us that have these hardships. I'm like, this happens to every exactly yeah this is yes. not an isolated incident right you don't have to stitch an a to your chest and 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 go about the town square right. um, <laughs> it is 
it's you like chill out. Like yeah, it's um, okay. Made decisions. Yeah, that were, you know you make the best decision that you can make with the information that you have. You cannot mm-hmm. punish yourself yeah. for a past decision when you got right. new information in the future. Right. I mean that's right. you you did what you could do at the time. The yeah. best that you could do at the time. And so what I don't like is that we black people and other marginalized people are often overly penalized mm. for the same activities. <laughs> That other yeah. communities participate in. Yeah. So yeah, don't be afraid of your past. Mm-hmm. You can't be nobody no way. Yeah. Um, and you know, you find banking institutions that are supportive of you. I mm-hmm. mean, that could also mean going to a black bank or checking mm-hmm. out other. I mean, like there are so many banks, which is yes. another great information. Like we, you know, we think of like the banks we see on uh, downtown. But listen, y'all, I watched Inventing Anna on Netflix, and I'm <laughs> here to tell you, like. <laughs> If a lady can just convince people of of just obvious lies and get a $40 million loan, look, you can do whatever you need to do. And there are so many more banks yeah. than the banks that we see downtown. Yeah. So you're yeah. doing research about all the different kind of banks in the world that exist and just finding the one that fits with you. But Absolutely. we're not we're not gonna be beating up on ourselves. No, and not we gotta get out of that fear. That it went bankrupt two, three times. Exactly, and <laughs> so and that's the thing. Like you know, your your foundation. You know what I mean? Like it, we want you to just focus on you, right? But when it comes to oh man, you know what I'm saying? Like life has happened. Da 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 da. And then and Anna and all the rest of them, they, you know what I mean? They did what they did and, and had so much confidence in what they did when it was dead wrong. Here it is. You're actually starting a business mm-hmm. for you, for your family, for community development. That's right. So mm-hmm. bust over that fear because you automatically, you automatically on the right side of right. And, and anything that you, again, just like Carmen said, in the past is the past. And there mm-hmm. are so many different opportunities to rectify it. I get no money from regions, but I remember there was a time where regions was actually forgiving balances that, you know, if you had a regions account in the past and it became overdrawn and that appeared in the check X system, regions was actually forgiving those, mm-hmm. those balances and allowing people to start from scratch on creating a bank account. So, you know, my point is, well, sometimes you just got to ask, you know what I'm saying? If, if the only bank you happen to see is it's in walking distance or whatever the case may be, that's the bank that you see and you have done business with and something has happened in which you feel like you can't go back through those doors. You might need to go through those doors and say, well, Hey, this is what I'm trying to do. I I know I had an account in it, you know, back in the day, I might've blah, blah, blah. Just ask. You know what I mean? Just ask, get all, because you never know. Like they, they could have that because one thing about it, they, they probably aren't going to just have a commercial that says that, you know what I mean? You know, but they could probably already have a policy in place in which they will forgive that balance. But you got to go in there and ask. You got to yeah, go in there. You got to get over Like get over yourself and your yeah. ego and your fear around asking for what you want mm-hmm. and that making you feel less than or like you're not together like i am the queen i ask for anything because yeah. that's all they gonna say is no and it don't matter because i ain't having no way so like, <laughs> you don't lose right. like, i'm not losing at all right and, you know i i mean it is true i mean you you have not because you ask not mm-hmm. and even if you know one bank says no just go ask somebody else all of these banks 
have mm-hmm. CRA requirements that they right. need to meet. Exactly. And ain't they're not meeting them. You know, you helping them out by Absolutely. asking what's available to you. So Absolutely. Absolutely. So and by bringing your money to their bank, you know, yes. as, as, yes. A, as a black woman. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm, I'm telling you, in yeah. these other private banks mm-hmm. that don't exist in our neighborhoods, folks go in there head high with yes. their bankruptcies and divorces. That's right. And children <laughs> and rehab and everything right. else. <laughs> oh. and, and walk right out with an account. Yep. And probably a business credit card. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, you know, again, just know that there, there are absolutely options. And of course, if, if you feel that perhaps you need a little edifying and, and a more solid foundation in understanding what your options are, you have Carmen. Carmen specializes in working with Black business owners as well as myself. So I do want to pivot over to the work that Elevators does. Can you mm-hmm. talk to us about, about the work that you do and sort of how all of these conversations that that we've been having and the topics we've been talking about today are so relevant for you and your work? Yeah. So, you know, we're happy to be going back to what we did before the pandemic, since we're now endemic with coronavirus, but yeah. still very careful. Yeah. But, you know, our focus at Elevators is on creatives, particularly Black creatives. And we do that in two ways. We work with brands who want to reach their audience and do different brand activations. We also are, are looking forward to starting again, working directly with creatives to help them after activate executive functions. Mm-hmm. You know, as a creative person, and I love being creative, the part about making a living being mm-hmm. a creative means that you have to answer emails and you have to send invoices and yeah. you have to have an understanding of what you're doing and you have yeah. to have pricing. And that's not the fun part. The fun part right. is painting. Right. The fun part is designing. Right. The fun part is whatever your creative talent is. And that's mm-hmm. where you want to spend all your time and energy. Mm-hmm. But um, mm-hmm. if you do that, you're going to be broke. So what, yeah. what we do at Elevators is work with these creatives to help them do what they love for a living and create these pathways for people to bring their skills to market so that whether they want to do it as a side hustle or they want to have a full-scale business that supports them and mm-hmm. multiple people, we help them work that out. That's wonderful. And and of course, that's how you and I came together in the sense of, I think one of our first interactions might have been me doing a, a QuickBooks session, you know, mm-hmm. with, with the community in the sense of, so you're a creative or so you have a side hustle. And, and I love what you said. It's like, you are a creative, like you don't have time. You're not thinking about anything as far as like a back office or anything mm-hmm. like that. But one of the things you and I talk about with that is so you know, and, and it's tax season, right? It's a, so now you have this 1099 in your social or just any other thing. Like you, it was a, it was a loan that you wanted to apply for, but you got this 1099 in your social security number. You know, mm-hmm. I hear that that's you know we got to talk about that. What's your experience in that? What's the feedback in that? Like why why do we stay there? Why do we stay there? <laughs> well, first we want to get people to have separate bank accounts. Yeah, yeah, but I I think there's so much just general ignorance and misinformation because taxes are hard. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not going to pretend like it makes sense, you know, it's hard, and usually when things are hard, people just don't want to think about them, yeah, or they think they're not making enough money to where it makes a difference, exactly, exactly. That, and that's and let me tell you, I gotta gotta put it in there because because that's gold. Uh uh, Mm -hmm. we gotta, we gotta. 
said, stop it right there. Because I have had so many people say that when mm -hmm. it comes to, oh, well, you know, I'm just making my little $200, $300 a month or whatever the case may be, or that being a week. And so therefore, you know, you're just, I can get a 1099 and, and not even think about the tax implications for what that means when you add it on to your mm -hmm. W-2 job or your your house, your uh, household income, your husband's income, your wife's income. And then you sitting there like, why do I owe taxes? Yeah. Like, uh, so, so it doesn't matter how much you make, you need to be having this conversation and understanding how, how your side hustle, how you being a creative directly impacts your pocket because yeah. it does, but we it don't does. have conversations about how to manipulate or use the tax code. Use the This is something that now. we have already decided is only available to wealthy people. <laughs> And right. the corporations, and it just like it just don't apply to us. Like we're not oh. living under the same laws, and so <laughs> and so. But I think that that's another thing that's in our minds to think, yeah. oh, it's not a lot of money. Oh, I can't afford those kind of services. I mean, that's for people who have accounts. That's for, you know, Jeff Bezos can afford lawyers right. and attorneys to make sure he ain't got to pay no taxes. But I got to pay my taxes. You know, it's wow. like <laughs> you don't know what's available to you when you get with a credible, right. Credible tax professional, right, right. like Leva, like right. other folks in the community mm -hmm. um, who have a track record. Not only have a track record, but like check for people's degrees on their walls and their certifications and, and reviews to yeah. make sure you're getting with somebody credible who can talk you through like what your goals are and help you develop a tax strategy that works towards those goals. Because it's, it's not necessarily a right or wrong way. It's just, mm -hmm. are you using this to the best? Advantage you, you need to know what your options are. And I say it all the time, having worked for the Department of Justice, like a lot of people, when 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 people know, OK, you work for the federal government. I didn't work for the IRS. Let me tell you, that's <laughs> like, yeah, I worked for an agency under the Department of Justice. But when it comes to law, the more you know them, the best. And it's not just I ain't talking about like, oh, well, if you know that da, 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 you avoid going to jail. No, when it comes mm -hmm. to the tax code, the more you know. Just like Harmon said, the more you you know what not to do, mm -hmm. the farther you can get to that cliff before you break that law. And it's a lot. If you picture in a cliff, you way back, you way over you there. Way back, yeah. You could be everybody you could else. Be up here. You could be right now. <laughs> they they about to fall over. Are you way back here in the parking lot? <laughs> No, it can up the tax. Just like Harmon said, the tax code is the tax code. It's the tax code. It applies to everybody. You can't mm -hmm. be way. The, the cliff is right here. You can't be way back there because you're like, well, I don't know. Oh, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. Yeah, I okay. mean, like it's and it's but it's a learning process. It's an exposure yeah. process, and you can't be afraid of money. Right. Right. Um, right. You know, a lot of people are just so afraid of messing up mm -hmm. and thinking, you know, if they mess up, they're gonna ruin everything, and ain't no way to get back. I had classmates who just ran up debt mm -hmm. in college mm -hmm. all for by the time we turned 30 mm -hmm. it's it's no longer it's the seven years seven plus years ago it's not on their, <laughs> it's not on the credit report no more y'all okay and they get to start over <laughs> yeah and then yeah. for a wedding gift get twenty thousand dollars for a more for a down payment on a house and it is going on with their life yeah 
but 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 knowing that that was the plan the whole time, knowing that they could leverage other people's money in a time when they knew they didn't need credit. Right, right, right. And right. they knew they had time and then mm. cash on hand to offset whatever negative, you know, implications came from their, you know, situation that they ran well, in their Twitter. Like as a strategy, I, not like, oh, it just happened, but correct. this is a strategy. <laughs> A failure, like sometimes your strategy can be to fail. Let's break it. Let's just break it. Yeah. Because, you know, we need to learn from that break. Like I, I like I said, I'm finna go all the way up to this little cliff right here because I know that on the other side of that is restoration. Mm-hmm. But what you're talking about, I think is a cultural obstacle that we have we make ourselves like we're doing that to ourselves like you said you know what i'm saying or or you know the fear of failure like we talk about this all the time it's like it's only after you see someone else has failed and willing to share and be transparent and say hey yo i i filed bankruptcy it ain't on there no more and guess what i was able to get this loan and that loan and blah 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 then we like oh okay cool you know it's possible to do that but see sometimes people just make stuff so shiny (laughs) You know what I mean? And you yeah. think that and, that's, and the, that's shame, uh, the cultural shame associated yeah. mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. Like, to even when people die, folks still be trying to pay their debt. I'm like, what they gonna do? <laughs> dig them up out the ground? I'm like, <laughs> what? Right? What? I'm like, no. I'm like, I, do all the time. I have life insurance policy. I said, if I die, don't you pay them students? <laughs> like, don't. Like, so it's like this idea of debt being shameful. You got to pay what you owe. And I think it might be, you know, part of my Catholic school education. I don't remember right now. Yeah. But it might be, so I don't know if it's something in the Bible about it, but I know like, like a particular generation of black folks, like if you owe it, you got to pay it. And I'm mm-hmm, like, ah. mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> it's so many rules. And I, the thing of it is, it's just so many options out there yeah. because so many people fail every day. That's, I mean, I say so long as you have breath in your body, you know, it's going to be something uncontrollable that happens. And it's all in what you have prepared yourself and edified yourself and your faith in God, whatever your, your rooted foundation is in. That's really what it's all about, it you is. know, and, and because, because it's millions and billions of people in the world. And so therefore it has to be a lot of failure going on and people just keep on, they get up and keep on going. Where I keep on ticking. Um, <laughs> you know, like cash is still king. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as long as you got money coming in, you're fine. Like people would take greenbacks still. So they I still mean, spend. They they you know, they still, still would take that. They still would take that. Yeah. And so I think that a lot of people they feel less than because mm-hmm. they don't have a certain credit score. And and to be honest, some of the I don't want to call it literature, but the, the talking and the mm-hmm. writing that we see on some of these brands on social media really do paint a picture that basically like if you ain't got a certain type of credit score then you just ain't nothing like right you and just it, you just gotta like sit there and look at everybody else <laughs> that's not like, it further compounds any issues mm. you may be feeling about yourself mm-hmm. we we do have to normalize normalize failures and also yeah. un- normalize the fact that failing is strategic it that can, it not, absolutely can be. It like not, I said, it's less than failure. Stuff, it's stuck. It's like, yeah. no. It's a strategy. It, it, make it a strategy. I want to get you. I want to bring up Zillow, but I'm not going to bring up Zillow. But I'm like. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> okay. Failing, failing, <laughs> as, failing as a strategy. Yes. Okay. Yes. 
So I want to I want to go back to a little bit when it comes to creatives, uh, mm-hmm. because when you were talking about that, you know, I thought about TikTok and I thought mm-hmm. about, you know, just all of these platforms that are really pulling out some talented people. You know what I mean? I probably spend yeah. way too much time, you know, watching some of these things that people post on. Like we got some real, you know, entertainers. And so one thing that I wanted to dive into is like, even with YouTube, like mm-hmm. the 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 fact that it's actually an encouragement to be a creator because these these payment platforms are now paying different residuals. And so I wanted to touch on that just to put it out there that, you know, if you don't consider your creative, if you're getting a 1099 from TikTok, from YouTube, if you're getting anything of that nature, then we're talking to you when it comes to, okay, now there's a back office to this. Right. Especially when you're getting all these views on on whatever platform again and you start getting these checks. We're talking to you like we want to make sure that you know that that's not it. Like, okay, just how you you come up and you let you you be the creative and, and you do all of these things. We want you to make sure that it's all for nothing. Like, yeah, you could be getting, I don't know, like tens of thousands or whatever dollars a month. But when it comes to tax time, you know, you're like, oh, I don't know. There's a strategy to that. Carmen, in your experience um, with gig workers, like I know you kind of talked about it, but particularly when it comes to like, are you seeing like this huge migration? You know what I mean? Because we talk about the labor force being what it Mm -hmm. is as far as it being difficult for businesses to hire. What do you what do you think about the trends for what I feel is an uptick? you know, in creatives and in gig workers? What's your what's your feedback yeah, on that? I think it's good. But I think that a lot, particularly Black creatives, leave a lot of money on the table mm-hmm. in various con- in various ways. So one, tax, tax strategy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So leaving money on the table, a tax strategy. There's also a lot of money left on the table because of the lack of transparency across what influence is being paid from other okay. companies. You know, so monetization works a couple ways. Like you can have direct monetization with the platform itself, whether it be TikTok, Instagram, YouTube, and that can be more standardized. Mm-hmm. They can put together a form that is more standardized. There's still disparities that are teased out, but mm-hmm. it has it definitely is more uniform than you know influencer culture where you have brands working directly with individuals. There's mm-hmm. No communication between or among individuals about well how much did Olay pay you for this ad? Right. So like they can just come up and just offer whatever I guess whatever you're willing to take or yeah. however you feel like you know your services are worth. And it varies. It varies. I've seen creators who have joined actual agencies. So there are actual management agencies that work exclusively with influencers, mm-hmm. pitching them to brands, having them a full media kit with information about their their audience and what their pricing is. And it's run a, like a full on professional shop mm-hmm. all the way to just individuals like I do for twenty five dollars. And I'm like, twenty five dollars. <laughs> right. <laughs> Like, that's not enough money. But that disparity is because, you know, it's like a, a free-for-all. It know, is. There's no, yeah. there's no influencer union, right? Right. As of yet. You know, you can join to get a guaranteed minimum wage. Mm-hmm. There's not transparency. Like, sometimes, depending on who you work with, part of your contract is not disclosing mm-hmm. how much you earn. So these companies are really benefiting from the lack of information 
among influencers and it is exacerbates yeah. the racial wealth gap where right. you're seeing and understanding that, you know, you got, you know, white influencers who literally make a living from just busting water balloons on YouTube <laughs> um, <laughs> versus yeah, right. you know, um, black makeup and hair artists right. you know, on YouTube or folks who are running talk shows mm-hmm. or anything else. Like there's such a disparity in like viewership and how the algorithms work. I mean, well, we can go on and on. You know, if you're choosing to be an influencer, mm-hmm. it is a business. Yes, absolutely. You work it like a business. Absolutely. And so that includes your tax strategy, but also your marketing strategy. Yeah. Understanding, you know, what your your exposure is worth and being willing to stick to that mm-hmm. and not wavering. So yeah, yeah. influencer is, is is a is a great opportunity, but mm-hmm. it is a lot of hard work. And I and I think people look at it and say, Oh, I just be on TikTok anyway. I can just you know, be an influence. And it's like, it's not that simple. It is it is definitely hard work. And it's really about not so much of having a bunch of followers, mm-hmm. but whether or not you can make your people move. Exactly. It's the influence. It's, if you get on here right. and say, buy this, you know, will they do that? And, the, mm-hmm. and, and there are some great influencers, but I tell people the, the greatest influencer is Oprah. Oprah's mm. is the favorite thing. Exactly. It's the, <laughs> the You get on there. Yes. You want to understand influence the culture or a model of influencing. That's it. Because Mm -hmm. anybody who gets on that list, and I mean, people clamor to get on that list. I'm sure that they offer, I mean, I'm sure they work over all year long. I'm sure. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. At the end of the year. Mm -hmm. So that's definitely a model to look at if you're interested in influencing. Absolutely. So as we as we get closer to the end to our episode, I want to make sure that those who we spoke to specifically today, like, you know, you have identified yourself as a creator. If you a gig worker, Uber driver, I just want like if you're getting a 1099 NEC, if if in anything that you're doing, someone asks you to fill out a W-9. Okay. Mm-hmm. We are talking to you. Like, I want to make that clear, right? We are talking to you. And there is a, a lot more work to do after you get that 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 opportunity to fill out that W-9 that we want to make sure that we are basically you putting some respect on your name and, and making sure you have that back office in place so that you're able to get funded. You're able to file taxes with no anxiety about this money that you made. Carmen, can you please share, you know, particularly when it comes to elevators, like now that the world, as you say, is opening back up, even giving some examples of what you've done in the past, like what are some of the the programming that uh, elevators does or some of the events that you've done and that you plan on doing so that folks can reach out to you? Yes. So I think our last live event before the pandemic was in August of 2019. Oh, God, we were so optimistic back then. I did a pop up art gallery of black artists Mm -hmm. uh, down on Fourth Avenue, which is Birmingham's black business corridor. You know, Mm -hmm. it's our historic black business district. And, you know, for a a number of them, you know, they Mm -hmm. had never been able to show their art in quote unquote gallery space. Right. uh, it's been like, oh, I'm at the street market or mm-hmm. I'm doing a pop-up here mm-hmm. or, you know, something like that. And it ain't no shame in pop-ups. No. But, 
you know, yeah. when you're one thing, when you create art that you want to sell at a certain price point, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The you matter. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the yeah. lighting matters. And so it was for, from a, a few of them, the first time they got to see their art, not only in company with other, you know, black fine artists, but also in a space where they could look at their art and say, you know what, this costs $500. So, like I have been devaluing myself mm-hmm. and my art and and not and devaluing your community, right? Yeah. Because yeah. we will pay you. I've, yeah. I've done it. I've I'm working with a creative now who gave me a price, and I told her I'm not. That's not enough. Yeah. Like, yeah. Charged. I'm going to pay you more than that. That that event was great. Uh, we worked with Uncle Nearest to do that event <laughs> as well. That's, it was as, good times. <laughs> it, was a, it was a very good time. Um, and of course, we had you know Birmingham Staple Green Acres. So it was very culturally, I mean, it was whiskey and chicken wings, y'all. It was That's very right. cultural, <laughs> culturally grounded, but it was still, you know, a fine art experience. Mm-hmm. But we had mm-hmm. sculpture. We had people there painting live and selling yeah. art. Like It was such a nice environment. It was just, yeah. yeah, it was perfect. Yeah. So, I mean, like those type of things, when when we do events, you know, I want I want people, primarily Black people, because that's who we primarily serve. Mm-hmm. I want them to to know and understand that this is for them. Mm-hmm. I don't want Black people to be guessing, like, is that for us? Or are they, you are invited. I'm talking directly to you. Now, right. that doesn't mean that other folks can't come. We encourage right. everybody to come. You know, just like when you come to our church, you know, mm-hmm. anybody can come. Mm-hmm. But you're going to mm-hmm. sing out the lead me, guide me. That's <laughs> okay? right. We, we sing it out the Black hymn book. Right. Um, and so, you know, creating these spaces, and creating third places. One of the other things that prohibits a creative economy and a creative culture is not having places where people can congregate and collide and bounce right. off each other and meet each other and network and be inspired. Right. And then they get to working on stuff and produce new stuff. Yeah. Um, so, you know, creating these third places in our community where people can come together and feel culturally affirmed as well as create opportunities for commerce or at least better learning mm-hmm. um, is, is really what our event's all about. Is Everything is driven towards making sure that we're helping you create a living with the skills and talents that you were either born with or that you've cultivated over time. Absolutely. Absolutely. So as I said, everyone, I'm definitely going to make sure if you are watching this episode or listening to it, make sure that you look for how to work with elevators and and and, and just get into that environment, get into that that space, that safe space for you to continue to cultivate your passion. But again, to have that back office so that you just, you're just going to the moon and back. You're not worried about anything as far as like, you know, taxes or, or anything that the, the unfun stuff that you may, you know, may have in your mind or, and I'll even say too, before we close out, because I had some really good one-on-one sessions last week. And, you know, and sometimes, you know, you just need to hear it from someone else. Mm -hmm. And this lady, you know, actually was saying, you know what? So I have been like, remember how we talked about the cliff being back there? Like she, she was like, I've been in the back wanting to start this business, but because I have no clue about sales tax, Mm -hmm. I've always put it to the side. And I was just like, wow. Because there are some real issues, like, and everybody has their specific thing, you know, mm-hmm. to go to the event that you had in 19, it could be that there's a, there's a creative out there 
that just was like, well, you know, I'm not, you know, I haven't done this because I don't have any space, you mm -hmm. know, or because, you know, you know, will people come see my work in this pop up? So I think that I think that our talk today, our conversation today, you know, also, you know, I want to roll that red carpet out there for you that if you have been back there because of something that you specifically have said, but I want to be a so-and-so-and-so-and-so, but it's something about blah that scares me. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Then elevators is your safe space, you know, because there are other people, like we say, it's billions of people in the world, you know, and there is someone else who can who can give you that solution. And I hope that just this little teaser of a conversation Absolutely. that we've had, <laughs> you know, I, this this little teaser of, of almost an hour has has reset you. In, 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 in the areas that you have identified, there's an obstacle that has been preventing you from being great. Because I mean, I didn't know it. Like, I wasn't born with, like, <laughs> all this information in my brain. Exactly. So, you know, I had to learn. I had to read and ask questions and get understanding. And, you know, and, and there are, like, you know, small things that that differ depending on, like, where you live. Like, mm -hmm, okay, if mm -hmm, your mm -hmm. business in Jefferson County, you don't you don't have to have a business license. Right. Do business in the city. And, like, so, like, there are all these, like, yeah, other small yeah. things that you just don't know until you encounter it. Yeah. And I think so many people fear being called illegitimate mm -hmm, or, like, you ain't mm -hmm. got no real business if you, if you ain't doing this. Right. You know, I, I I do not like those people. I would fight them on the street. Like I don't need <laughs> right. like this whole thing, like, well, if you you ain't real, if you ain't trying, if you ain't quit your job. I'm like, you better not quit your job. <laughs> you um, better have I a strategy. <laughs> and I, you know, do elevators and I've done elevators full time. And you know, yeah. it's like, you know, all these qualifiers that like weirdos put on yeah. um whether or not you got a real business is mm. it's just so disheartening and it's mm -hmm. like if your your business is real because you're a real person in business mm -hmm. exactly and, and that's it and so whatever you don't know or even the things that you don't even know that you don't know right it's fine yeah. you know you can come ask and then exactly. we can work it out and if I don't know I'm like girl I don't know but I don't know let me yeah. call Khalifa or let me call um, <laughs> mm -hmm. somebody else and yeah. we'll, we'll figure it out absolutely like the, the pressure of feeling like you have to know everything in order to be a business owner. I'm please release, <laughs> release yourself because right. I'm telling you, these people that own these businesses or run these companies have a whole team of yeah. CPAs and attorneys and paralegals. So they don't have to know nothing. Right. And then <laughs> I'm here to tell you, being the numbers person, I have had clients that that have come to me and I know I will continue to get clients that will come to me that have those people on their staff and their board. And they and it's still everything's not together. Don't mm -hmm. be fooled by the outside appearance. Mm -hmm. Connect yourself with someone that you can feel vulnerable with that has that has been there. OK, and mm -hmm. has learned or has worked with clients that have been there and that has learned uh, because, you know, again, it's just there. The whole, you know, I'm shiny and bright and I'm perfect. It's it's just it's really 
a concept that doesn't exist. And and it just, it just doesn't. You'd be surprised what just a couple of scratches, like a little scratch off, a couple of little scrapes (laughs) and what's behind, you know, Mm -hmm. that picture that you see is not what it is, but it absolutely can be what you write on paper to be, you know, as long as you commit to it and you identify someone who is going to unblock you, you know, in those areas that you don't know anything about. Well, so we have come to the conclusion, but like I said, you know, with all of our our prior guests, I know all these people, (laughs) but personally, Carmen is definitely a client and one of my OG clients. She's one Mm -hmm. of my first uh, get bankable clients uh, when when I first uh, restarted my 100% entrepreneurship journey back in 17, 18. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, I... If you need anything, I know how to contact Carmen and you're going to have that stuff before with before you you finish watching this thing. Just look underneath the video or audio and you're going to know how to contact her. And if there are any conversations that you uh, have ideas for, like that you mm-hmm. you any guests that you think I should bring on or have back on and and talk more about, then absolutely let me know wherever you have viewed this podcast. I'm pretty sure you're going to see how to contact to me, how to contact me and I'll let you know, hey, we'll do it again. We're going to be doing lives as well where you can do, you know, we could be more interactive so that you can ask questions. So this is just another conclusion of another conversation and there will be plenty more because we are absolutely getting uh, great feedback from it. And, you know, when you hear it from real people, unscripted, it lands, it helps. It accomplishes the mission of of unlocking access so that we can have more and more bankable black CEOs. I'll take it one by one if, if that's what we have to do. <laughs> uh, Carmen, is there anything else you want to share uh, with the audience before we close it out? Sure. So, you know, my personal mantra is that I don't believe in a God that taunts me with visions of things that I cannot achieve. Mm. I don't believe God to be that cruel or -hmm. whoever your deity of choice is. Mm -hmm. I don't believe them to be that cruel. Cruel. Mm -hmm. So if you see it, if it's bugging you, Mm -hmm. if you dream about it all the time, if you can look at it like they ain't even doing that right. If it's it's in you, pursue it. Pursue Mm -hmm. it wholeheartedly and get you some help. There are people there who are willing to help you and it it won't necessarily cost you anything. You know, Mm -hmm. there are people who really just who are in position to really help people. So Mm -hmm. that is my that is my advice. If it's bugging you, if if you if it gnaws at you all the time, if it's a vision that you see clear as if you was looking out the window. Yes. uh, Go for it. Please go for it. We're waiting on you. Absolutely. We're waiting on you. The world is waiting on you. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a perfect end to this episode. Again, we will be back. Don't forget to subscribe, like, share, all of that. Y'all know we want to get this nationwide. This stuff needs to go viral uh, because we are truly here to serve the Black business community, the small business community, the minority business community. We to to identify specifically with things that we are experiencing and that we know we can help you with. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks, guys.